Hi, and welcome back to Above Board with Canderpath. This is The Rich B. We've got John Kennedy and we've got Matt Marku. Matt, when you played sports in college, did yes. they do that when you ran on the field? Matt Marku. And they still actually do that. So before I go into a client meeting, we do a little bit of like a song and then some entrance music. I have and a then smoke it's machine. I have a smoke that, machine. That, 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 he wants to run through a banner every day. I love that. Hey, do you guys like my Padre Pio mug? It's so Catholic of me. Look, I've got my Padre Pio mug. It says, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. Isn't that sweet? I do that to remind myself oh, to be. Is that what the podcast is about today? That's a good way to it. Is lead it is not. But this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is a celebratory podcast, is it not? It's yes. episode 60 and it's an emergency podcast because we're recording it on <laughs> New Year's Eve and we wanted it to go before the end of the year because I had a goal of getting episode 60 out before the end John of the year. John and his goals. Is that what we're talking about today? Yeah, you and your and insane goals? goals. Drink 17 gallons of water a day and walk 17 miles and, and all that. Cause I'm yes, on so season five of 75 hard, by the way, I'm doing it again. Oh, I can't we can take talk about that later. We can all have a support stuff. group that we all have to then deal with John who's <laughs> angry because he's worked out twice and is eating only How dietary foods. And... Yeah. When you text John, Hey bro, miss you. How you doing? You go, okay. And they're like, oh, 75 hard. I got a one-letter response from freaking John, my best friend over there. <laughs> Too busy. Hey. So listen, this is our 60th podcast, and we're really super excited. And there's another thing. Um, recent metrics, not matrix, that's that's another thing. Recent metrics have shown that we are in a kind of a high level of the podcast world. Are we not, John? Yeah. I think we are. Top 1% we're, or 2%, something like that. I haven't looked at it in a while, but we, we are trending in, in the right direction. We are in the top one or two percent of podcasts in the universe of all podcasts, which is most impressive, I would say. So, congratulations to us three, and we just want to kind of end the year talking about what we want to talk about. So, I just, I just want to know, in general, do you guys feel like in relationships, the relationships in your own life, the relationships around you, do you feel like everything's always equitable? Ooh. Waiting for Nancy. Matt, do you want to take that one first? Jeez, also, man. Talk about also, coming my, in hot. That wasn't on our pre-call, way, was it? I wasn't paying attention because the risk of doing an emergency an emergency podcast is our children are home. And Hudson walked in full on head to toe dressed as the Hulk and just <laughs> walked in and looked at me and slammed the door and ran away. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Anyway, Matt, go ahead. Take it away, please. I just wonder, do you, do you think, do you think, Most in, definitely, do you think, no, it's not equitable it's and it's not. not meant to be. I think in a healthy relationship, there are times when, and in this goes in, I think a business relationship. I think this goes in a personal, there's times that one person's always going to be doing more. I think it goes back to the, um, remember the work-life balance conversation we had? A, it wasn't yes. a little tiff we had, Rich, which by the we way, had, like we, we disagreed a little bit, but we didn't have a tiff, but you yeah, said there's no such thing as work-life balance. And I think what your point was is that there really isn't. You're striving for it. And I think if we take that same concept to the question you just posed uh, in talking about equitable relationships, it's not. Do we strive to have that? We strive to. But there's always going to be someone pulling more weight because a lot of times it's situational. And if you have mm -hmm. in my situation where my wife is the caretaker of our family, there are certainly more times that she's pulling way more weight than I am. And I think a lot of it comes to do with the fact that I, I work in a in the financial services industry. At times I work from home 
And so there are some days where I'm like, you know, today I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to Chipotle for lunch. Well, when she's got children at home, there's no like, hey, kids, like fend for yourself. I'm going to step out and go do something. So in those situations, I think it's inequitable. Then there's other situations where let's talk tax season where I'm buried up to my brains in work and I'm I'm overdoing it. And I still walk out of that office door and, 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 you know, my clothes are there and my dinner is made. And that's not the only thing she does, by the way. There's far more things, but in a very simplistic state. I walk out and I can just join the family and everything is is normal. So I do not believe it's 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 equitable, but I think we strive for it that we're all pulling our own weight. And I think that even goes into the relationship I have with Johnny here um, on a business relationship. There are weeks where this guy is putting in way more time and doing way more, maybe high level things. And then there's weeks where I have 12 or 15 meetings and I'm just buried up with it. And so there's a yin and the yang side of that part of it as well. So, so we strive for it. Right. Do we ever achieve it? I would say 100% of the time it's not achieved, but the sh- right. striving for it is, I think, what keeps the relationships healthy. Ooh, so the do you think, I, John, do you, I think that, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you. No, 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 ahead, no sorry. Probably, no, question. I was just going to ask you. This is our first podcast. Everyone's talking over each other. Jesus, I don't know, but my son's walking around blowing a kazoo. Like, you know, those little like horns for like New Year's Eve. So I am wildly distracted. It is hilarious what's happening behind the scenes in the Kennedy household. Yeah, get get a grip um, on your family. Those bro. are called kazoos, right? They are called because Well, I have Those are kazoos, the little New professional. Yeah, like uh, yes, so, uh, the, the word that was coming up for me while you were talking about that is trust. So um, as it relates to you and I and, and working together or my wife and I, I think there is a, a high degree of trust in one another that if so, I don't know if you guys have adopted this yet. We still do this whole we've talked about this on earlier episodes of the podcast where like on a scale of zero to 100 percent, you know, you come home after work and you go, I got I got 10. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on E. I got a very little to give. And when Jackie communicates to me, John, I got 10% today. I know like, all right, I'm stepping in. Like I got this, I'm stepping in. Um, and you step up for each other in that way. When your spouse communicates to you, your partner communicates to you, Hey, I don't have everything that I can give today or tonight. Like you, you, you almost, I, for me anyway, I feel like this, this extra kick of like, I really want to step in because I know that she's down. And, um, and, you know, it might be daunting if four days straight, she comes home and she's like, I got nothing, I got nothing, I got nothing. Or, or, or on the flip side, if I do that to her, but I think that the trust is there such mm-hmm. that I know that that's not like someone taking advantage of me. That's someone that is dealing with burnout or tired from work or whatever's going on and that they just, they need me. I need to step in as, as the spouse. So and I think in the work on the work front, I don't know, Matt and I like I just I never even I don't think of it like that. because um, even though, you know, we're we're business partners, you know, we work we work remotely a lot of the times. And so we're not it's not the same, we're not like raising kids, but we're building a business. And if there's a stretch where I'm really busy um and he's on vacation or he's got twelve to fifteen meetings and I'm on vacation. I don't know that we really see it that way because we know that we're just the trust is there. Like I, there's never that concern. Which so for me, it's like, is there in is there an inequity at times? Always, I th- I feel like, you know, but maybe over a long stretch of time, it balances out. But that can only exist with trust. I think. So, do you think that a lot of people in relationships, whether they're interpersonal relationships of any of any type well i guess they're all interpersonal relationships business relationships marriage relationships family relationships 
Do you think that a lot of people have arguments or disagreements because, and I, this is going to be like kind of a two-part question, because there is a perceived inequity, like that people feel, hey, I'm doing so much and I'm not being appreciated or you're not doing enough. Do you think that within, and I, I want to make this for both because there might be some people that aren't in a relationship right now, so I don't want to turn them off. And there might be people that don't have a business partner, so I don't want to turn them off. So either way, business relationships, you and Matt as an example, marriage relationships or or significant other relationships. Do you think that there's a lot of fights, disagreements or arguments or anxiety or angst, whatever, that that is around this inequity? I think so. I mean, I think it's not true. Even if, even if you're in a healthy relationship and the trust exists, there are times where you get argumentative or you get frustrated about a situation. I know I do. I mean, life is, life is, we are, we are in it right now. We have two young children. We're Mm -hmm. hustling and bustling, going all over the place, bringing our kids everywhere, taking them to experience things with them. Um, We both, we both work. Uh, I, you know, like, like you guys, you know, I mean, we, I think the three of us think about work 24 seven. Rich, you've been really, really knee deep in your work a lot lately. Um, Matt and I, I, I know, I know I'd speak for you in this situation, Matt, but like we just, it's never off. It's not like you can turn the off switch on, on it. So I think even in healthy relationships that can happen. But for me, sometimes I just got to take a beat and like, I got to walk outside and like take so, a 15 minute walk. So, so you brought up trust. And so Matt, John brought up that it's, it's a matter of trust so that you're trusting that the other person is not going to take advantage or, you know, Hey, I'm 0%, I'm 0%, I'm 0%. So the other person's doing everything. Matt, what do you think about this? Because this is what comes up for me, because I do agree that there has to be a, a level of trust. I think there also has to be, so you guys know, I'm in the process of writing a, a book on leadership uh, title to be determined. But uh, in this, I talk about leaders and the difference between com- being compassionate, be- between compassion and empathy. So where empathy is you feel for somebody, um, you know, Matt got a flat tire, I'm driving by, oh, poor guy, that sucks. Compassion is more when you feel with them. And and usually compassion is what leads to more action. So I feel compassion towards Matt getting a flat tire. So I pull over and I help him change it. Empathy is when you watch the news and you hear about a family whose house burnt down. Oh man, that sucks those poor people. Compassion is, wow, that sucks those poor people. What was the GoFundMe page so I can send them, you know, $20? So Matt, do you think in relationships business? or personal. So I, I won't keep saying that. I'll just say relationships and the audience can can connect. They can relate, not compare. Do you think that it's important uh, that, that there's a sense of, obviously there's trust, but a sense of compassion? Do you find that to be I an important part because of it? You, yeah. You got to put yourself sometimes in other people's shoes and there's external influences at time. And so you've got to take that into consideration um, when, when communicating, when when working with somebody else again, and, and whether it is in a business relationship or in a personal relationship, I certainly think that there needs to be compassion because there's, I think because of the outside influences, what get, that, what do you think? What do you uh, think gets in? What do you stress think? a person out? Right. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I want to interject while you're talking because I, I want you to stay on the same track. What gets in the way of that? Cause you say it's important. So when it falls uh, you, short, are you thinking that you're more important? Yeah. You're, you're, that your issues are more important than the other person's issues, as opposed to saying, let me put myself in that situation and see if I can 
empathize or see if I can be compassionate to what, and that's, I mean, something I think we all struggle with because our, my problems are more important than everyone else's problems is often the default. And if you can step away from that for a moment and realize the world does not revolve around you and that there's other people in the situation, heck, if, if you, if you only think that way, then you're never going to be in a relationship, both Hmm. personal or business. So you've got to have that level of compassion or else the world just revolves around you and no one's going to want to be around you if that's the case. As an only child, I'll give a very large footnote. That is something I struggle with because as an only child, the world revolved around me for the first 18 years of my life. And I didn't have to really worry about too many people. That was a skill I needed to learn. And that's a skill I'm still learning at times is that I need to be compassionate. I need to think about other people. I need to not just think of myself. And that is something I struggle with in that I, um, thankfully, it's not something that comes out too, too often these days. Johnny, is that correct? Lauren and I have our own support group. Lauren's not here too. We have our (laughs) own support group for you. Yeah, as she listens to this podcast in a week or two in her car, as she typically does um, after they're posted, I'll, I'll definitely get some feedback. But I think she'll agree with that. I love Lauren. What were you going to well, say? John? What I was going to share. Well, I it, it down and down the similar vein. I think um, so. I have a lot of compassion to give, and and I think our job lends to that. You know, we're in very meaningful conversations with clients. You know, I I I, I have conversations where a spouse passed away, someone got a bad diagnosis, um, a client recently lost a grandchild. I mean, it, these are oh my these God. are heavy. These are. That's- these are heavy discussions. And so, you know, you're, and some of them aren't, some of them aren't that, that heavy, but you know, all day long, if, if, you know, you have a meeting where it's just, you know, or a day where it's meeting after meeting all day long, you're for me, this is the world according to me. I, I'm, I'm giving out energy. Like I, I, you know, my compassion, my empathy, I'm listening. I'm, we're talking through it. I'm crying along with clients sometimes. And, uh, and then I come home and I'm like a zombie because I'm exhausted from, from doing that. And I don't know if I'm explaining this well or not, but like, I think I'm trying to tie all of this in where it's like, is there an equity in a relationship? You know, do you find that, you know, you might argue, be argumentative or whatever? Like, well, for me, maybe sometimes, because I, I've, I've heard Jackie say before, like, um, you know, if I'm not paying attention to a story she's telling me or something, it's not because I don't want to pay attention, but it's because I've, I've been in four meetings today that all had this level of heaviness and weight to it that I'm like, Oh, I got no, I don't, it's like almost like my compassion tank is empty and I don't have yeah. any left. That's really and, common. I think that that might be common to our job, John, because that I'd say like one of the things that Lauren and I at times is, you know, you're not listening. You didn't listen. This event occurred and you were supposed to be there or something like that. And you, you weren't listening to me. And I think it's, I, that's the excuse I use at least. It may not be accurate, but it's like, I listened to four people today we call it financially undress at times, right? Like show everything, like here's where I'm at and what do I do? And here's my problems. And I, that's part of the job that I I absolutely love, but you're right. When I get home, especially if I've had three or four meetings, I've talked six hours, uh, you know, of those meetings and I don't want to talk anymore. And I don't want, and, and listening is, is, is hard sometimes. And so it's, it takes very act. It takes a very active, um, it's very active on my part to then say, okay, I'm going to sit down and listen to the story and I'm going to be proactive in that conversation when we've done it all day long. And I think it really is an excuse. That's not an acceptable way because a spouse doesn't want to hear that yeah. you're not listening to me. This is the time that we have together. Um, but I do agree. That's probably a characteristic of our, of our trade. 
I've also identified about myself roughly five or so years ago that I am an introvert and I never knew that about myself. And, and I would tell people that and they're like, no, there's no way, you know, you love talking to people. We do this podcast, you know, but that's not really how an introvert is defined. An introvert is somebody who introvert extrovert to me is about where you, where you collect your energy from. And so for me, I get energy from being able to recharge my batteries, be alone, read a book, be in peace and quiet. Um, and I have a friend that is literally the exact opposite. Like he can't stand that. And he is, he needs to be around other people and he gets infused with energy when he's around people. He loves it. Um, and so I think I'm, you know, I'm an introvert. I know that about myself and I have four meetings where I have to sort of maybe play a role of an extrovert. I have to be able to really dig deep because they're dealing with the situation and I am a compassionate person. So I'm there for them in that. And then you come home and you're, you're exhausted, you know? So I don't think it's, I think, I think recognition is important, Matt, in that situation. So do you think, and Rich, you're unique in this because you travel for a living. So we're both saying it, we both have four meetings at our office or in our home, and then we pop out our door and, and enter the family. You go days without seeing a family member or a partner, right? I mean, you work fairly solo. Yeah, I, th- I think from from yeah. what I know about what you do, and we don't really talk too much about your your external job, but you you work by yourself. You're a major extrovert in terms of what you do for a living, and then you get on an airplane or go back to a hotel room, and it's just you there sometimes, right? How how does that how does that work with the, almost the complete opposite job that we have at times? Yeah, I you know it's funny. I was gonna say I was gonna ask you, and it's funny you you already said it. I was gonna ask you guys if you think of me as an introvert or an extrovert, and I. I assume you both think of me as an extrovert and it's funny. I do. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I've learned over the years that I am an introvert pretending to be an extrovert. And I know that sounds like BS because of what I do for a living. Cause I'm a public speaker. I mean, the last speaking engagement I had um, in Pittsburgh, the present audience was 1100 and the online audience was 500. So there was technically 1600 people listening to me. And I know that probably scares the heck out of a lot of folks. And I was up there for 70 minutes. So that was all me. And I loved it. And it was great. Um, I have no fear of that. But I I actually have that weird mix of being in front of thousands of people or hundreds or dozens sometimes, and then being completely alone. And when I wake up in the morning and, you know, my teenager is still asleep and my younger daughter is maybe playing with her friend on her iPad and Dawn's at the gym and I sit at the table and I keep my gratitude journal, I noticed that I went back over the last month of my gratitude of my journal and I noticed that grateful I wrote quiet morning or peaceful house or quiet. And it's interesting because I... I'd never heard what I've never heard that before, John, what you just said that an introvert is, uh, or you're defined by where you get energy from. And yet when I've talked to like a therapist and different people like that, I'm not a phony, but I pretend to be, I think I believe that I'm supposed to be an extrovert. Like when we all get together with our friends and like Wes, who's like really funny. And then you know, Matt's, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed that I'm, I'm not the center. I kind of pull back a little bit, whereas I'm used to being the one that's kind of the the comedian and and all that kind of stuff. So I think I I struggle a little bit with with that. As as a matter of fact, I don't know if that's a total sidebar to what we're talking about, but I, I want to take it back to that 
that piece about compassion in as leaders and compassion in our in our relationships. Um, I I sh- I make sure, or I'm trying to be more compassionate as a husband, as a father, and as an employee or as a as a worker and, and doing what I do. How do you guys as leaders, how do you feel that you demonstrate compassion for your teams that you lead? How do you do it? Like Matt, I'll go to you first. How do you show compassion for the people that work at, at, at your at Canderpath? Um, I, I think in a, a number of ways, but one is being a good listener, <clears throat> being available for them, um, you know, not being too good to listen to an employee, to take uh, positive and negative feedback. And uh, I, I think listening and communicating is is one way that I, I try to show. Um, you know, we, we just rewarded the whole team with um, we had a you know, it, it was a really tough year in the market. Let's let's be honest, you know, it was, it was a tough year in the financial services industry. We worked really, really hard for our clients this year. Um, our team worked really, really hard for our clients this year to um, make sure that there was a high level of communication while the markets were moving up and down, and there was a lot of capitulation in terms of in terms of performance. And so we wanted to reward our team this year. Now, John and I are um, the senior members of our of our company. We're the co-founders. Um, I think John and I probably to reward the team would have liked to go for a, John made this joke, a nice walk on the nature trail and look at birds, right? We are, we're the older. That's next year. You know, I can't like, do what I, we just did. Yeah, that'd go yeah over so, so, um, so to have, so, but, but it's not about us, right? That's, that's what John and I would have liked to have done is like a nice long, quiet walk on the beach and, and like a glass of wine. Um, that's, but that's not what our team wants. Our team is young and they're they like doing fun things, and so um, we and and I'll credit um, our, our director of operations, uh, Megan, for setting this up. But we we took the team to Universal Studios, uh, uh, the the theme park here in, in Orlando, and um, and did a basically back to back to back to back to back. Say that eleven times. Uh, back to back to back to back. Uh, ride after ride of as many roller coasters as we could fit in a single day. That is. I have vertigo right now just thinking about That is the complete opposite of a reward for me and John. Now, we had a fantastic time, and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on the actual event itself. That's just we showed compassion. I think, I think what you're getting to is like where can we do that in work is we looked at what the team would like to do, not what John and I would like to do, and, and, and give a really good reward and have a, an amazing day. And we listen, we had a fantastic time, so none of it was not exciting. Hindsight being 2020, uh, 12 roller coasters in eight hours is too many. Okay, it's just, know, there's I, a video. Just, there's there's a video of me with my hands up in the air screaming on the first roller coaster, like so excited. And by the second roller coaster, I'm laying down on a bench, like with my hands <laughs> on my face. I hate I had the worst headache that night. I, oh my god, I hate I roller coasters so anything. much. So I, so again, I think going back to that is what can we do to reward our team for a year in which was really really difficult? Let's do something truly for them not for us for them now we had a really good time but again that was something that we're like what would they really like to do and um and so that's one small token that we could give to just so the most amazing team that works it, it, it's something that i talk about in one of my talks where i talk about the difference between a gift and a present now just to be clear this is not the actual definition this is rich's definition a gift is something i want you to have and a present is something that you want to have so using christmas as an example 
we often ask our kids to make Christmas lists. That's their presence. That's the things that they want. From time to time, we give, we give our kids something that we think they want. And sometimes that works well. And sometimes, you know, you give, you know, your teenager a pair of sneakers and they're, they, you can see them politely kind of turning them and you realize, Ooh, they didn't, that's not, and you're like, Hey bro, you know, is that, is that good? And they're like, well, no, you know, no disrespect, but can we take these back? You know, you're oh, okay. A present is something a person wants. So for example, a gift, you guys as a gift would have said, Hey, let's all go for a walk and drink some wine. They would have been like, that's boring. A present is what do you guys want to do? And they go, we want to go have some fun. We want to go do some team building. We want to go on roller coasters. So I think what I'm hearing from you and how I'm, you know, dissecting it a little bit and maybe distilling it is that we show compassion by listening and by listening we determine from our teams and the people around us what it is that they need to feel fulfilled and we show compassion by giving that to them so that they they feel seen and heard listened to and that what we're giving to them has a meaning that is meaningful to them there's never anything wrong with giving somebody a gift you know if i give john you know a a I don't know, a, a, a vase, a vase, a vase. I don't know how you say it. The, a flower holding glass piece of art. He might go, oh, thanks. And I'm like, oh, I just, I saw this. And I thought it was really cool. But if I give John a really cool cigar or like a really nice Irish whiskey or something that I think he might, that's something that I know that John likes, then, then that might cause some different reactions. So what I'm hearing from Matt is giving people, listening to them with, with, a in a compassionate way and giving them something that's meaningful to them to show them their value and that they're seen or heard. And we could do that the same thing in our relationships. If you give your significant other, a, you know, a sweater and they don't want a sweater, but what they really wanted was their, they want perfume or they want cologne or they want a, a night out, then that's a different thing. So John, what about you? How do you feel about, or how do you Well, I've had a lot of time to think about my answer. I've had a lot of time to think about my answer. Um, and my first saying, answer are you saying we talk is, too much? Is that what you're saying? Is <laughs> no, just... yes, no, that's not what I was. That's not what I was saying. Um, I was gonna. It, it was. It was actually to preface the fact that my answer is the same as his, which is listen. I really. Mm. I think that that is. Uh, that's actually what I wrote down when you were asking the question, and I thought you were gonna throw it to me first, but you threw it to Matt first. So we were gonna say the same thing. Listen. Um, but in the time that I had to think about it, we. Uh, I'd like to share that. As a team, every time we hire, every time we bring someone new onto the team, we do a new uh, personality assessment. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called 16 personalities, I think, is the one that we use. I've been told and I have that. And we all many. retake it. We all retake that test, which is weird because a year ago, my, my, my personality changed. Um, I was surprised. It was a different, you know. But it's, you know, it's introvert. It's extrovert. Are you a defender? Are you an advocate? Are you, you know, there's all these different, like, terms that they use. Um, and I find that that's really important because everyone's personality is very different. And so although listening is important, um, there are certain uh, approaches that I take differently depending on with someone, depending on how, uh, at least as I'm getting to know them and how they answer their personality assessment, how they would receive something. Um, and so something that we talk about a lot, and I think we're going to do an episode on probably next month is uh, win or learn, not win or lose, you know, so showing compassion to someone, maybe, I can't really think of an example, because our team has been like rock stars this these last few months. But if there's an example where someone maybe didn't do something right, is that is that a loss? Or do we do we take that as an opportunity to learn from something? Um, and so 
Um, that's what came up for me, but I, I literally wrote down listen as you were asking that question. Well, and I love that answer. So it's beautiful. There's no reason to to overstate it. No, I love that. And you know, I always make the joke that I remember as a nurse manager one time, I had a coworker who was another nurse manager, and her thing was whenever somebody did, you know, not not something like light, like some minor, not minor. I don't I don't mean to say that, but if someone got a nice letter or a comment from a patient or from from a colleague, she would give them a Snickers bar. And it, that was just her thing because her favorite candy bar was a Snickers bar. And I distinctly remember one time being with her talking and she said, oh, walk with me. I, I, one of my employees got this really nice letter. I was a, an administrator. So I walked over and the employee knew me. I'm like, hey, you know, how, how are you? And the boss, the manager says, hey, congratulations. You got this really sweet letter. Here's a Snickers bar. The employee puts her hands back and she goes, I'm allergic to peanuts. I remember thinking to myself, well, here's an EpiPen, you know, and it's just like, it was a disconnect because the manager meant well, she was giving something from her heart that she thought would be meaningful, but it showed a disconnect that she's had this employee for several years. And now not that everybody has to know everybody's medical background, but it was fairly commonly known in that department that this employee had a peanut allergy. And I just remember thinking to myself, and she was oh, I'm so sorry for it. I, she, I think she even said, I forgot or whatever. My point is that no criticism towards her for doing that, but that goes to your point of listening and being aware. And, and, you know, at some point, Mm. you know, we, we, we can make a mistake by showing gratitude or appreciation and it can be read wrong or misunderstood, or someone could take it wrong just because it doesn't connect to that person. So I don't know. I just thought that it was kind of an interesting, I know we, we kind of went a little bit in a different, a slightly different direction with this, but I just think it's really interesting, especially both of you guys as business owners. And in this very tough environment we have right now, where there's so many people leaving their their jobs, there's so many people doing career change, there's so many people struggling right now with where they work and the work that they do. And there's also, I, I mean, I know several couples that are struggling and having difficult times right now. I think a lot of people are having a tough time. And I think compassion is kind of the the kind of word of the day for me. I think it's it's something that that is important in leadership, it's something that's important in in, in relationships. And that maybe we can enter 2023, um, th- those that are listening, just ask yourself the question, how can I be more compassionate in my conversations? How can I be more compassionate in my relationships with my kids? How can I be more compassionate to my significant others? How can I be more compassionate to my colleagues and coworkers? And if you're a leader, definitely how can you be more compassionate? High performers in your organization are mm-hmm. going to stay because they, not because, you know, you're paying them 50 cents more than the, the business down the street, but because they feel listened to, seen, heard, and cared about. And I think that's oftentimes something that's misunderstood. So as we wrap up our 60th podcast, I just want to say, I know it's very hard uh, with our schedules for the three of us to get together, but I'm very grateful to have this opportunity to be with you guys. I am very grateful for both John and Matt, uh, their friendship. I'm grateful for them having my back and, and just being wonderful. I want to I want to sincerely, in front of our audience of thousands, I want to thank you guys for being really good friends and really great examples. And I'm, I'm grateful for what you bring to my life. So thank you guys both. Well, thank you for uh, for both of you for doing this emergency podcast recording for me as I looked at it and Jeez, I'm like, John. we have no space to record episode 60. We're doing it on New Year's Eve. <laughs> and uh, and what was fun about this, just to share with the audience, we went over, um, we did a quick pre-call before we recorded it. We went over four different really great episode ideas. 
And then we couldn't land on any one of them. And I said, I'm just going to click record and let Rich open and just Rich, you just take it wherever you want to. And you crushed it, man. You crushed I don't know if it. I crushed awesome that. Job, I, I appreciate that. Matt, thank you, buddy, for all you do. You're, you're just such a great guy. And I, I just, I, I appreciate I appreciate so much about you, Matt. I just want to say thank you. You know, I am uh, rich. I really am. No, I'm just well, kidding. You know, there's, you, single, you know, there's that single child. Our, our, our kids, our kids, both <laughs> attend, our kids both attend the same dojo um, and take karate. Yeah. And Matt's son is, is a black belt now. My son's a secondary black belt. My son teaches. And and Matt, you, you gave me such a nice compliment saying that Luke does such a great job teaching the younger kids. He's and, awesome. And literally that week, I wanted to share with you two other, two separately, unknown to each other at two separate days. Um, one came up to my wife, one came up to the sensei who then emailed us, gave a comment about Luke and said, um, how, what a great, how great he is and how he makes the kids feel comfortable. And I just wanted to end by saying that the compliment was he really listens and cares about them. And I thought, wow, mm. you know, as we're sitting here talking about leadership and compassion, that it made me feel good to know that my, my little guy, my son, my 13 year old, who's not so little, he's almost as tall as me now, uh, is, is living that. But thank you for saying that, Matt, because yeah, he's a great kid. Uh, yeah. You're, and yeah. All, all your kids are great. All our kids are great. So anyway, happy 2023 to everybody. May this year be blessings to you and in, in, in regards to prosperity and health and good things. And we thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast. Please share it. Please share it with other people. It would mean a lot to us. So on behalf of Matt, John, and I, and all of us three, the three stooges here on Above Board with Kinderpath, thank you for being here. Happy New Year. And we'll see you soon for episode 61. Yeah.